You're listening to the Google Ads Podcast, brought to you by Solutions 8, the Google Ads Agency. How's it going? It's been a while. This is literally like attempt four of us trying to record our intro properly, and we failed each time. So fourth time's the charm that you might find useful and you might not find useful, but we'll see. Today's topic we're kind of going to get go over is what we look for in a client before we onboard them. The way we're going to split this up is we're going to talk about lead generation and e-com separately. So we'll start with lead generation first, and I'll give my two cents first. For lead generation, it can go both ways when you're trying to take on a client. It's both very easy and very difficult. So when I say it's easy, lead generation is probably easier than doing regular e-commerce stores, but it's difficult if the sales or the backend team is just as bad. So when we're talking about a lead generation client, the first thing I do is look at expectations for their leads. Like what type of leads are they expecting? How much to get those leads is the main driver here. Like if they're asking me for $20 CPAs and the cost per click for me is like $3, that's very hard to do. Those expectations are very high and probably unachievable, maybe on a very small scale. But if they try to scale that and go more broad, it's not going to happen. Right. So the first thing is expectations, right? The second thing I usually look at is if it's a viable business, does it make sense? The service they're providing, like, is it something that actually sells that I can sell on Google? Like a service-based businesses are always really good for lead generation. So things like doctors, chiros, dentists, all those are very easy to work with and pretty easy to do. Their expectations are low and it's just a matter of getting them phone calls and clients. Give me an example of one that's hard to do for lead generation that we've so, had difficulties with. I would say B2B. Anything with a geolocation is going to be difficult because of limited search term. Again, I can just give you my example and yeah. take commercial security in the city level targeting or regional yeah. targeting. Yep. That makes sense. Something like that, where there's also a lot of competition in a small area for that type of service-based business also becomes very difficult for lead generation. The main thing that I look for is expectations. Their landers, like if they have a good website and it makes sense to provide all the information and how strong their backend team is because I can send them all the leads. Like finding keywords for a business is not hard. It's getting clicks into their website is not hard. The part where they actually convert on the lender and fill out the form and then the team follow-ups on the backend is very difficult. So one of the things that we have no control over either. So one of the things that we like to do, we like to ask for actually is their backend CRM system to see what's happening on their backend as well. Like, are they picking up calls? Are they following up? Are they actually texting, emailing, having conversations once we send them the leads, right? The other thing it helps us understand when we have access to their backend CRM is whether the leads we're sending them are actually valid leads. Like if someone searched security cameras and went to the website, filled out a form, were they actually looking for security cameras or was it something completely random? That's my two cents. Yusuf, you're up. I'll expand on what you said. Basically, I think the first order of business is, again, reality check, what you said, like going off of my security example, it's an actual client that I still work with and really love them, but their CPCs are brutal. And due to the B2B nature of the CPCs, they're like up to $30 per click. So no reasonable client can come to you and say, I expect $100 leads, not going to be possible at any rate. And I think the second most important thing is a proper CRM setup, because I also have another client. I don't know for some reason, Solate hates me because they keep giving me. Just for you. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't know. CRM 
really either makes or breaks your account. Here's an example. I also have another client because I also like to live dangerously. I run both a search campaign and a PMAX campaign for a type of service they offer. So they're both generating leads on paper when I look at Google Ads. But if I have a solid CRM backend that keeps track of all the UTMs and the parameters, and if I can log into there, I can see whether it's the search campaign or the PMAX is bringing them the sales because like on paper, PMAX looks a lot better like it's, it's bringing like twice or the triple amount of leads compared to search but if search is resulting more in sales there's more incentive for me to put more budget in search rather than pmax with just you know, regular google ads it's looking at numbers and making an educated guess i would say but with crm you get a much cleaner picture with that said yeah my two biggest things is with legion is getting the expectation set and having a proper crm oh by the way with proper crm a third example from my clients is what you also said, like whether they have a solid team, because I might bring all day long proper potential customers, but if they're failing to close them in a reasonable rate, then what good are my campaigns? This actually happened with my one of my clients. They had like three week conversion lag and almost like a four week sales cycles. Any change I did, I had to wait like up to seven, eight weeks to see the effects on sales. So I just looked in there properly every day. I was in their HubSpot. I was just showing that, hey, X, have some more patience and these will result in sales because like here's the reasons. And then like once they come, you know, start from turning from potential leads into customers and you start seeing close one, close one, close one, then you can kind of like say, okay, here's what I'm going to do, and then eight weeks later, we're going to start probably seeing those. That helps you with that narrative and make sure that you calm the nerves of the clients. The, the first thing like those, I agree on those, by the way, the client expectation is key. But the first thing I look at is usually the website. Because in lead generation, we can all agree that the CPCs will be higher, right? For the doctors, I don't know, like B2B or any software, the CPCs will eventually be high. So I would just... Focus on the conversion rate. If you have the consumable content in your website, it might be a video, it might be some images, maybe before and after if you're a doctor, or do you have a social proof, some testimonials, multiple call to actions or multiple forms, a live chat maybe to just give multiple options for people to engage and communicate with you. Because if like CPA is $200 and I have 1% conversion rate on the website, if I can increase it 2%, then without doing anything in the campaign structure, I can just help my CPA. So that's what I look at. If some clients have a landing page that looks like a blog, right? They have a slider and a long, long text, no images, no videos, no forms, only a call button at the end of the page. And eventually you think, okay, I will never make this work. We'll spend $3,000. They'll not be happy. We'll have a fight. And the client will afford, and I will eventually blame the website for this. So I usually look at the website first and be like, hey, client, I am willing to postpone the onboarding if you are. So I don't want to spend $3,000 to prove a point. If you immediately want to start, I can do it. But I can assure you, I cannot convert with this landing page, no matter what you do, right? Because digital marketing is not about targeting only. So I can target best people, but if you don't have enough like the proper tools to converse somebody, to make them trust, because lead generation is all about trust, right? So you're searching for a doctor, you want to see some before and afters, you want to see the clinic maybe, or you want to see some happy customer videos. I don't know, like you want some sort of assurance, right? It only takes 
no way I'm going to call you. No way I'm going to fill out a form. So the website is the most crucial thing for me. It's a red flag. And on the other terms, I also agree. And the CRM system has to be set up properly. Like we had this client, like we had the hardest time to understand what they're doing. We have a lead, right? They give a score of 17, start a sale, then they give it five. Then they were able to convert to five. Then they give seven, it's not converting. So you have to be in the communication and know what the sales team is also on. Yeah, understanding the sales cycle of a lead gen client is really key because you got to know what sort of path the potential customer is going to take once they convert on the web page. Instead of acting, you might start reacting because everything on paper looks bad. But if you were just kind of like know that it's a long process, if you just held tight, it might have worked in eventually, but if you don't know that, if your client is not feeding that input to you, it leaves you in the dark. You're just taking pot shots and hoping that something sticks. But again, with Legion, it's not like e-com. Stuff takes time. And if you're not patient, if you don't know the proper what's happening, once they convert on the web page, what's happening on the background, you're going to be reacting instead of acting. Yeah, makes sense. So I guess our main takeaways are good CRM, good sales teams, good lenders, reasonable expectations. Four. Yep, that will be nice. it. Yeah, I totally agree with the other part of it too, where it's like you got to understand their sales cycle completely because if you don't, then there's nothing really you can make adjustments on the front end to actually help them in the back end itself. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, moving on to e-commerce. Margins, right? Sometimes like you have to choose your channel or even your campaign types, right? If you have a thinner, Profit margins, you can't go for search because search will be expensive for you. So I have to go into shopping or maybe move on to Facebook to just really be like creating demand part. But the profit margins cannot be thin if you're digital marketing, right? For the ads. And you have to make sure that you have some sort of second purchase. Either you're playing for the loyalty or you're playing for the cross-sell or you're playing for the upsell. You want to sell something that maybe bundle, like instead of a discount, you should do a bundle. So profit margins will be the most important thing in managing an e com in my opinion. For e com I think the most important thing I look at is whether the client is a reseller or they're selling their own products. That's one of the most important because if they're a reseller and if someone is selling that stuff cheaper than you, end of story, money talks. No matter what you do, I mean, you're still going to get conversion, but the bulk of your customers will go where the, that same stuff is cheaper. For example, like this is a AirPods case from a well-known brand, Spigen, I guess it's pronounced in the US, I don't know. This is the same product everywhere. Whether Osama sells it, FS sells it, I sell it, this is the same product. And if I sell it the cheapest, no matter what sort of strategy or high-end Google ad stuff you do, seven out of 10 people will end up buying it from me. You're only going to spend your money to educate those customers on this product it will inadvertently help me sell this product better. Because again, they will do the research for space on your time and end up converting on me. So that's, I think the most important thing is, unless the client is selling their original goods, is to make a quick price check and like their best sellers whether they're selling at least the market rate. The reverse side of that thing is they might sell their own stuff, but are those products also available in other places? Like let's talk about cat scratching, but I have two in my background, cardboard ones. Let's say if it's a brand one, if my client is selling it on their own website and if they're also selling on Chewy 
or like they're wholesaling it to Chewy and Chewy is slashing the prices by like 20%. Again, no matter what I do, my metrics will never look that good. So price check is, I think the number one thing. And second, the most important thing for me is what FA said for lead gen, but I believe, I think it's most important for e-com because if I land on the webpage to buy a product, 50% of those times it can be an impulse. Like I see something shiny, I want to buy it. I don't want a broken checkout experience. I don't want to hop over like eight different pages to fill out my mother's maiden name. I just wanted this smooth, like two button click transaction be done with it. Or if I go into website and I'm looking for AirPods cases, I want some proper filtering. Like I want black ones, silicon fits for AirPods first generation. If your website has that product, but doesn't have those necessary filtering, you're failing to probably maybe upsell a better product to me with better profit margins. Website and product price ranges, whether they match what the market is offering, that's I think the most two important things for me to begin with when I onboard a new client. Makes sense. I agree with all you two. At this point was uh, good profit margins, use of towards uh, make sure it's competitively priced to give or take, right, and have a good website experience. I'm just going to build upon both of those. I agree with the profit margins, but I also want to add on, it has to have a decent AOV. I like to go like 60, 70 bucks bare minimum because marketing isn't getting cheaper. It's getting expensive. It's the average cost for conversion is like 30 bucks on a good day, right? And if your profit margins aren't there to support that, like if you're selling a product for 60 bucks and $30 of it is gone towards, what do you call it? advertising cost to convert that product and let's just say $15 or whatever to 15, 20 to ship out, but the product costs you're left with $10. That's still some decent amount of money. But at the same time, if you're selling a $40 product that costs you $30 to convert, you're not going to make money off of that. Right. So good AOV. Then it has to be something sellable on Google or on the platform. Like, is it something, is it because Google is a want platform, something that people search for and want and need, right? It isn't a visual platform. Like if you're trying to sell clothing on Google, it's probably not going to work, right? Clothing is more for visualization. You want to go to Facebook, right? If you're trying to sell supplements, yes, but under very rare conditions. Like you have to be spending a lot on Facebook where people are slightly warmed up before they come to Google search for the product, the type of product, and then convert after, right? So the want factor comes in. The other thing I kind of look at when I want to take on a client is what their AOV, not their AOV, the LTV is. Like, do people actually come back to buy a product? Like in the case of supplements, do people come back to your store to buy another item? Like if you're selling, I don't know, use of cat scratching stuff, right? Is Yusuf going to go back to the website to buy another one three months from now, six months from now, right? That makes my business scalable, given that that means I can lose money on the front end the first time grabbing Yusuf, right? And then make money when he comes and buys the second and third time. I just have to get him to my website again, which is a lot cheaper because he already knows the brand. He already knows the product. So when he wants to buy it, he's just going to check the label and come to me. So those are the main ones. A good AOV, a good LTV, a sellable product, and a good business. One of the things that people fail to understand is that you can't always sell a shitty product. If it's a good product, if it's a good business, it'll work, right? It'll scale. If it's a bad product that people don't want, then it won't. You can't sell stuff people don't want at a price point they don't want. So you can't force it, especially on Google. Facebook is impulse wise. They can't check their competitors and whatnot. When you're looking at Google and you search, I don't know, let's just say cat scratch post. There's 50 listings of different images, different types, and the price is right underneath, right? If it's not in a good spot where it doesn't look pretty, it doesn't look nice, 
you're going to lose. When, as soon as someone searches for your product type, you're already competing with everybody else right off the bat because it's right there. That's my two cents on it. I agree with you on that. So everybody has to understand that digital marketing is not magic, right? You're, you're not pulling a rabbit out of the hat. Like the product has to be sellable. The first thing I look at, like, would I buy this, right? Can the client give me a reason? And I ask, why would people buy this? So you have to give me a reason and push on it. If it's something that needs to be explained, right? We had this client, it's a brewing something. It has a brewer here. So you turn it around, yeah. and you turn it and it's uh, ready to drink. So something like that needs an explanation. A YouTube campaign might be proper for that. But if it's a like cheaper product where people just need to see the price, you can continue with a shopping campaign. But... First, it has to be sellable. Right? Would I buy this? If they cannot answer the why, it's hard to sell something. Nice. Well, with that said, question for you guys. What would prompt you to hold off launching an account? What would you say like, oh, this, I can't launch while this is in place. What sort of problem would that be? Sama? landing page, like I just said. I cannot convert somebody on a blog post. You have to have yeah. landing. So this is for Legion and Ecom combined. Again, we'll do for Legion. Like for what FA, since you went first, what would prompt you to stop a launch process for Legion? What sort of issue? Yes. I already said website and the like the client expectation. Like if the client wants, like I want 80 calls per day, how much budget do you have? 2000 What is the CPC? $3. It's not possible. <laughs> I cannot, right? Like if you think that's possible, and if anybody says I can bring that, it's either spam or it's low quality. So you have to understand that. If not, I don't want you to feel like I'm not good at my job. So I have to set clear expectation so we don't have a problem. It's like John always says, it's better to just fire a client before they fire you. So you're just more honest, right? Makes sense. Like my pain point is profit margins. Like either you have to have a clear unique selling proposition or value proposition or mm -hmm. have to have a strong for that second purchase rate cheap like hey the cpc cpa will be 20 dollars. the product is 20 dollars. if you can say afa is completely fine it's a cat foot like i'm sure if a new user can purchase this i'm pretty sure i can sell this for a couple of times my lifetime value is 70 dollars for this 20 dollar product then it's better. Now I have PX player play area, right? I need something like that because a lot of clients just afford because like we have 5%, 6% conversion rate on a standard shopping campaign, which is called, that's good. Like that's actually great. If you're not profitable at that point, like you need to change something about your business. Like marketing is not one-sided. Everybody has to understand that we are digital marketers. Like we use Google ads to just market your thing. If your thing is bad, if it's not like ready to play, then we, we can't do anything for that. So I'll just postpone start and be like, Hey, either do a bundle or get a new product or do something that can help me help you kind of thing. If that makes sense. Nice. Sama, for you. I agree with FA. My two biggest ones are just technical aspect of things. Make sure all my analytics, all my numbers are connected, conversion tracking is set up properly, and a good website. Right. I don't ask for much. That's it. Well, for me, I think e-com, if that prices, price match thing is disproportionately favors other clients, I will 
vote to postpone the launch until we get the prices fixed. Because again, at the end of the day, money speaks. Exactly. I can launch the best PMAX with the account structure the world has ever seen. If my client is selling $50 cheaper than me, sorry, if the competitor is selling $50 cheaper than me, the same product, I'm never going to hit that goal. So I will gladly talk with the client and say, hey, client, our prices, again, I can't give a ballpark percentage because like, 10% of a $50 versus $45 is different, but 10% of $500 versus $450 is entirely different thing. So if that price gap is really large to justify a user to go to another web, web page, all I'll be doing is, you know, educating the user to go buy this product somewhere else where they, you know, offer the same thing for the cheaper. So that for e-com, I think my biggest thing is, and aside from conversion, obviously, e-com product ID, I mean, that these stuff I just usually takes like, unless it's super broken, 30 you know, minutes at max. So that price thing is my biggest red flag. And I think most of the times it's overlooked in e-com is feed quality. Like oftentimes we have clients come in with really bad feed quality. The titles okay. are really messy because like, if you launch a standard shopping, your titles are gonna make those products appear visible or not. I mean, yes, GTIN and other stuff also play as well, but titles, images, descriptions, somewhere, but a good proper feed structure will save a lot of headache down the line. That's my two biggest reasons to postpone the launch for e-com would be. And for Legion, I would say definitely CRM with UTM tracking because without those, I will be flying blind. I will solely rely on Google Ads numbers. Like again, I have one search campaign inbound, one PMAX doing the same service. One says 10 leads, one says 50 leads. I don't know which brought me the most sales. So now I don't know which one to prioritize over than that. If they don't have proper CRM setup and proper your UTM tracking, I will try to push to my best ability to have that in place. Because again, if a campaign just spent like $5,000 and only brought me one conversion, but that conversion ended up with a sale while PMAX brought me a hundred conversions, which almost none of them converted at all. That tells me an entirely different story than what I see on Google Ads. That makes it really important to have a proper CRM. Okay, Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening to the Google Ads podcast. For more ways to grow your business with Google Ads, you can subscribe to the Solutions 8 YouTube channel. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to work with the best Google Ads agency in the world, you can visit Solutions 8 at sol8.com. Custom here. If you're running Google Ads, even if your campaigns are successful, my years of experience have taught me that there are almost always enormous improvement opportunities. Now, what if the best Google Ads agency in the world was willing to review your Google Ads campaigns for free and provide you with a comprehensive action plan, no cost or obligation? Notice, I didn't say audit or evaluation. I said action plan, a bullet point by bullet point breakdown of exactly what needs to be done to improve your Google Ads campaigns. Yours to keep, no cost or obligation. Head over to solate.com to get a free Google Ads action plan customized for your business. No strings attached. That's S-O-L-8.com. S-O-L, the number 8.com.